Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. In-depth conversations. Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth down in the Steel City. Steelers are three and seven. Let's talk about the big football game. I'm Crowley. He's Dunlap. The United States ties Wales. That's, of course, what I'm talking about. Did you watch a second of the soccer? I did. I watched a little. It was any live sports. Here's my theory, right? Any live sports that's on at a non-traditional time during the week. This is particularly the case for people who do, oh, I just dropped something. Hold on. Oh, I got to pick it up. Um, well, you're picking up again. Okay, now there we are. Any any live sports that's on at a non-traditional time, that was on at a Monday at th- 2 o'clock. It kicked off. There was England and Iran on just before that, I believe. Any um, sports that's on at a non-traditional time is heaven for people who work sports talk radio, especially in the day and especially in the morning. So that being said, like, Let's say the Australian Open is on. It will be on in the studio at 7 a.m. Yes. our time because it's just live sports. And we never, like, if you work at night, you always get live sports. We never get live sports. So, that being said, I'm off this week uh, from the show on vacation, but I did watch it because it's like, oh my gosh, two o'clock on a Monday. It's not baseball season. Here we go, live sports. So, I did watch it. A couple takeaways. Um, one, and I'm not a big soccer guy, not, you know, it's funny though. I have a friend who actually played at the highest level, played in the Premier League. Um, yeah, and so I do. I'm partial to a team, uh, Queens Park Rangers. That's right. 
yeah. So anyhow, nonetheless, uh, stupid penalty that happened. So bad. The, the Welsh, um, Gareth Bale is like the only guy they've ever had. So that's my second takeaway. And his penalty kick was a boomer. Um, the, the last takeaway I have is if like the, the, can you call people from Wales a Welcher? Like, is that where that originated or well, not? Well, the United States really were the Welchers in that Right. hmm Right. And I like to, like, I was watching, was Senegal or someone on before that? Senegal in the Netherlands. Yes, the Orange Crush from the Netherlands. Uh, but the Senegal coach was the best-dressed coach in the history of professional sports. He just had on, like, a cool windsuit. Did you check out his act? Yeah, he might have been the best-dressed man in the history yes. of sports. with, like, joggers on, with that had the, the cuffs on the ankles. I love the – one thing that's really neat to me is the difference in appearance of the coaches. Like, some go full-on shirt and tie. Some well, wins the United States guy, Burhalter is just wearing a T-shirt. A bad one, too. No good. You know bad what I don't like? An omen. I, I don't like that the Nike symbol is bigger than the American flag. I also agree with that, especially given the things that Nike stands for and what the United States is supposed to stand for. Colin, how about that? In all uh, global competitions, and even, you know, what, what, UEFA or whatever the hell it's called that they're in? FIFA. FIFA. Yeah, FIFA, either way, I don't know. Uh, But the American flag should be the most predominant symbol on their jerseys for the national team. And I mean that whether it's bobsled badminton soccer basketball tennis golf whatever if you're representing your national team the flag should be the most dominant thing sponsorship essentially be damned that's a good take i have been posting almost purposeful bad takes about soccer and seeing how that goes because here's the deal on soccer fans for me they always say our game is great love our game love our game love our game and then it Every four years, a bunch of people watch soccer because they love their country and it's live sports and there's so much on the line and it's a spectacle and it's wonderful. I love the World Cup. And I have people in my mentions, you don't know anything about soccer. Stop watching. Exclusionary whiners. Yes, they want you to like their sport and then you like their sport for a day and they say, no, F you, we don't want you. Hockey's not far behind. Hockey is number two. It, and I don't, I don't think it's a big gap. I don't. I I am totally agree. Soccer is the one. You know what else soccer is full of? Soccer is full of people who really don't know that much about it and never played it, but they simply found a niche and they know more about it because you don't know anything about it, and so they act as if they're some sort of expert in soccer. Like a hipster thing. You know, absolutely, one hundred percent, absolutely, yes. But anyway, do you think Matt Canada roots for Canada? I think Matt Canada is a boob. Holy cow. I mean, after the long pass to George Pickens, which qualifies almost as a touchdown for the Steelers, they should have given him points for that. You get the flea flicker, and then Kenny Pickett gets sacked on third and long, and people crush the offensive line. And that's fine. The offensive line stinks, but the Bengals had seven guys on the line of scrimmage. They rushed four. It was a confusing look. Exotic, Colin, some would yes. say. And it confused the Steelers line and Kenny Pickett. So he got sacked on second down because first down was the flea flicker. Second down was the sack. Third and 25 was a draw. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. What do you, 
what position are you putting your rookie quarterback in? And there's a lot that Kenny Pickett did that I liked in the first half equally as much that I did not like from Kenny Pickett in the second half. And it's okay to say that, but at the same time, it's also okay for me to say, how the hell am I supposed to evaluate this quarterback when he's put in garbage situation after garbage situation by this offensive coordinator? I can't separate the two. I don't want to say I told you so or anybody else so, but we're exactly where I said we would be. A force to evaluate or thrust to try to evaluate Kenny Pickett midstream is going to make us absolutely crazy. The only true evaluation will be on January 3rd or whatever, or at the end of this 12-game span when he plays all these games, and you say, okay, now let's break it down game by game, play by play, situation by situation. What did he do in those 12 games in totality? Because there's nothing to be learned or gained by each game, each Monday morning quarterback situation. It's one ball of work. One body of work is the only way we're going to be able to look at this. Yeah, I think you're right about that. My my problem with that, though, even though I think you're right, is it's all still going to be a body of work under Matt Canada. And it's why they should have gotten rid of him. But it does serve as this for Kenny. One, I think Matt Canada is clearly stunting his growth, if for only the reason that now Kenny Pickett, I think, is tentative. Kenny Pickett was not tentative in the Jets game. He was not tentative in the Miami game. And that led to some bad mistakes. Fine. I'm okay with a quarterback that's young making mistakes. Now, we've got Kenny Pickett missing throws. And I think he's missing throws because he's overthinking. Because he was a technically sound quarterback coming in and an accurate quarterback coming in. And we're seeing that falter. So there's that. But Matt Canada also serves as a meat shield for Kenny Pickett. Because I think a lot of people are like me, and while you want to be critical of the quarterback, you're going to blame the coordinator first. I think people are looking to blame the coordinator first. So Kenny Pickett does have some of the, I think, criticism slide off his back right now. I agree with you there. Kenny Pickett didn't play uh, well at all in the second half. He played very good in the first half. The other thing, too, that too many people aren't mentioning is this. Now, Najee Harris, I don't know. Najee Harris is Najee Harris. But George Pickens is George Pickens. And so many people are hyper-focused, and rightly so, probably on the quarterback, because that's what we do in the National Football League. So we do at every level of football. Matt Canada is stunting the growth of what can be one of the premier receivers in the National Football League, George Pickens. You know, they should have, when they ran that third and 25 wraparound draw, whatever the hell it was, it was, I mean, it was a Chan Gailey special. Um, But it was so awful, such an awful play call. You're stunting the growth and the competitive nature of of uh, George Pickens by not ex- showing him at that point in time. You have the confidence in him to go make a play. He after he already made a couple acrobatic plays, and entrusting him in just saying symbolically, "You're our future. You're our guy. You're our big dog." And if you throw the football deep to him, it gets intercepted. It's the same as a punt. So what? And he might. What he might do is shake a pass interference out of someone. So we're so hyper-focused on the link between Canada and Pickett that I don't think we're focused enough on Canada and Pickens and how he could be screwing up that guy. Yeah, and it always drives me crazy like when a, a young player in baseball who is supposed to be a star gets called up, and they did this with Pedro Alvarez for a while, and this guy's supposed to be a slugger. And one year he led the NL in, in home runs. You bring him up, you put him in the seven hole. 
Put him in the four spot, baby. Let's see what he's got. Especially if, if gonna... you're going nowhere as a team. Damn right. Damn right. You're going to be my four hitter down the road. Okay, let's trust you in these situations. Let's see what you got. Same thing there with George Pickens and also with Kenny Pickett. Like, it's third down and 25. You're going to run a, ra- a wraparound draw. Go F yourself. See what he's got there on that play. Again, you're not putting him in a great position to succeed, but, okay, it gets picked off. So what? It gets picked off. You have a chance to make a play. Jalen Hurts is throwing that up to A.J. Brown, I bet. Patrick Mahomes is throwing that up to somebody. You want Kenny Pickett to be Jalen Hurts. You want Kenny Pickett to, he's not going to be, but you want him to be a franchise quarterback like a Patrick Mahomes. There Let is be no it. way, no way, an Andy Reid coached football team runs that play in that situation down four points. They were losing by four points. Here's the other part, too. You, you just... It, it, it just makes no sense. It makes absolutely positively no sense there. None. Uh, it's, there's no, there, this isn't 1937. It's just not. And Matt Canada coaches like it. When they didn't terminate Matt Canada coming out of the bye week or during the bye week, I lost all hope that they were going to, and we just have to live with it this year. It is, it's derelict of duty. It's, it's an awful situation. It sure is, and they don't respect him. And there was a Bengals player that came out after the game and said that they know exactly what he's going to run. Well, the last time that happened was after the Steelers lost to Washington in the COVID year, and that was the last time we saw Randy Feetner calling plays. I hope, well, that season. I hope to God. If there's a God and he gives a rip about football, he wouldn't. She wouldn't. Hmm. You got to fire that guy at the end of the season now because you already missed your first window. Up next, we know the offense stinks. It's a highly paid defense. Yes. They stunk too. We'll get to that next. Fourth down in the Steel City. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Matchup breakdown. Analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Your defense in Pittsburgh is being paid more than any defense in the league. TJ Watt's back. 
Mika Fitzpatrick says, appendix be damned. Don't need that thing. I'll play. No excuses. None. Six plays of 21 or more yards. Some guy named Samanjay Pirine has three touchdowns. Some guy that looks like he should be singing for train scores a touchdown. Nobody went to even Stanford, heard of. by the way. Really did, good guy. Yeah. That, that long-haired guy. Yeah, he did. He went to Stanford. He was good. He went to Stanford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He looks like a trailer park boy. Yeah, he was good. He was good. They, like you pointed out, they had six players with catches of 21 yards or more. And their big dog didn't even play. Think of that. And Joe Mixon got hurt, too. Right. I mean, you're without your two best, probably, offensive weapons or the guys that are going to touch the ball the most on that offense, not named Joe Burrow. And they put up 37 points over 400 yards, 8.4 yards per completion. They absolutely sliced the Steelers up. And that offensive line had given up 30 sacks coming in. You're at home. You've got T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, and Alex Highsmith. You get two friggin' sacks. I know people want to make it about Canada in the offense and Kenny Pickett in the offense, and I get that. But I have the ability in my little brain here, Colin, to say the offense stunk, but the defense is terrible. supposed to be it's supposed to be dominant. Mike Tomlin's words. He expected this defense to be dominant. And he said this game was like a playoff game. Well, you know what? At least he got that right because the Steelers gave up well, over 30 points at home. For, there's a three things that I have. One, nobody wants to talk about this because everybody wants to rail on Canada. Miles Jack's been about as good as John Bostick. He sucks. He he has not been good. He's been about as good as Schobert or John Bostick, honestly. So that's number one. Number two, I saw the Steelers' defensive staff get out-schemed in two ways. One, Karras in the way that he double-teamed Cam Hayward. Karras was the best player in the football field for my money last night. That's a good call. Decent stretch. He was a pickup. He was a guy the Steelers could have had. He doesn't make much more money than Mason Cole does. If you don't draft Kendrick Green and you don't get Mason Cole, you absolutely could have a guy like Karras who was out there on the, on the scrap heap from uh, New England that was absolutely anchored down the center of that football field and leveraged the whole center of the football field, and he worked double teams with both guards. That was one thing where the Steelers totally got out-schemed. They said, we'll see if T.J. Watt can get there around the end. What we're going to do is we're not going to let Cam Hayward beat us in the middle after he did one one early play. They put the clamps on. So that was the second thing after Miles Jack's thinking. The third thing I saw, which was brilliance from the offensive staff, and you don't see this formation a whole lot, so as to not waste an eligible, they brought their halfback in behind the guard and used him in protection a lot. So they pretty much said, look, we're not running the ball. We're going to throw the football here. They put their quarterback in a pistol, put their halfback behind the guard. And what it did, it alleviated bringing a tight end or a receiver or a, a double tight end out of the formation as an eligible. And they said, well, our running back's not going to run it anyway. We might as well use him to block. And he was able to absolutely neutralize any sort of blitz from the linebackers that the Steelers had. He put um, Devin Bush on his wallet a couple times. It was a brilliant formation. It gave Burrow just enough time. And I give, I think it was 24 from the Bengals, 24 or 34. I give him a lot of credit for saying, we're still going to do what we do, and we're just going to lose the running back. We're really not going to lose an eligible out wide and doing it and set him off the guard. It was, it was a great piece of football coaching. Yeah, and that is not supposed to happen. Not right. when Mike Tomlin's your head coach, not when 
You've got well, Brian Well, not when Flores. you trade up as far as you trade up. Devin Bush is supposed to blow that guy up and put him on his well, ass. Well, there's that from a personnel standpoint. But the idea that you can't figure a way around it, I mean, to me, is just – it's unconscionable. Why is Brian Flores here if he's not going to be able to help make in-game adjustments? Terrell Austin, come on. Mike Tomlin, it's just not good enough. There's no excuses. It's one thing if T.J. Watt doesn't play. If T.J. Watt doesn't play and you give up 37 points to the Bengals, you know what I say? Okay, fine. I probably expected something like that. He's that big of a difference maker. I don't want to see anybody put up 30-plus all year against this defense. They're supposed to, as Mike Tomlin said, be dominant. But I'll also say this. You know, many people, including Andrew Filipponi at the fan and LaShawn McCoy, have said Kenny Pickett could be a Joe Burrow type. Boy. Boy. Can I see him be Andy Dalton first? I'm with you. I'm with you. And I realize that Joe Burrow is light years ahead of Kenny Pickett in terms of it being his third year in the league. But Joe Burrow was also significantly better as a rookie than Kenny was as a rookie. He went to the Super Bowl in year two. That guy, I have sold him short. I don't know if that's a great team. I think they've got really good offensive pieces. That guy is great. He is a legitimate star he was making reads before the ball was snapped. He knew exactly where to go. And that's another reason why this pass rush was neutralized. But it wasn't neutralized in week one. I just thought anybody who's excusing the defensive performance because they want to focus more on the offense, you need to see the whole picture here. I and agree. I agree it was an you. awful, awful performance. And he doesn't have his he didn't have his big dog receiver. I mean, think of that. He didn't have one of the most dynamic receivers in the game. I'm not here anymore for the and I wasn't from the beginning with this Pickett Burrow stuff. Pickett, first of all, for me, he's more like Tannehill than anyone. Second of all, he's got Good to reach call. Andy Dalton status first. And third, I think he'd do well to play as well as the car brother that's in Vegas right now. Like, let's Joe Burrow did something in his first full healthy year that people just don't do that aren't named Marina. I mean, he took his team to the Super Bowl in the, out of the AFC. I thought it was really telling when we talked to Cal Adamitis on the fan morning show, Colin, and he was asked to compare Kenny Pickett and Joe Burrow, and he didn't mention a single thing that had to do with actually playing the game of football. It was uh, all about the intangibles. Told me everything I needed to know. For I, now, at least. I am with you. I have one question for you, and then quick hitters. Let's do that next. Conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is fourth down in the Steel City with your hosts Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Steelers are three and seven. I'm tired. It's Thanksgiving week. Colin, what do you got? I got a question for you <laughs> that I heard on our radio on our on our station today. Oh. There's talk that where the Steelers fall, that's right around the area where Joey Porter Jr. may get drafted, right? Young Peas, if you will. Peasy, little Peas. Oh, boy. That So one person on our station said to the other, man, I really hope that they don't take Joey Porter Jr. because of his name and familiarity. And I can agree with that. And then someone quit back at him 
and said, and this was a great line and a great thinking piece and something to build a conversation off of. So they said, I hope that they don't take uh, Joey Porter Jr. because of his name and his familiarity. And the other person said, do you think that might be why they took Kenny Pickett? When no one else did. I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying as we move into the future, it's always something to think about. I think, Colin, they convinced themselves that he was better than he is and was because they were so familiar with him. I agree. They felt like he was a safe pick because they knew the man, and they're so big, so they say, on knowing the man. I don't know that it was a Marino flashback. and Oh, my God, we don't want to make that mistake. But I think they knew they needed a quarterback, and in a quarterback class filled with unproven question marks they went with the guy that they knew the best even though that guy was an unproven question mark too yeah i think that's a really good question i thought it was a great and you may hear that again on the radio i'm sure um but i thought it was a really really great question and something fired back um because one of the hosts said listen i don't want them taking joey porter jr if in fact it's just because of a name if they grade him out as the best person there okay then take him don't take them just because of the name. And someone else said, you think that might have played in a taking picket? And, you know, I, frankly, I think it did. Yeah, oh, I, I don't think for a second that it didn't play into it. I, I think because they they had heard him on the radio and how he right. dealt with the media and they knew his practice habits, things like that, when you know you have to hit on a guy – and everyone is an unknown, you go with the guy that you feel like you know the best. And I don't know that I knocked them for that, but I would have drafted for ceiling. Like, if I were taking a quarterback at 20, I would have got the guy that can run around like a madman who's got a howitzer for an arm. I would have taken Malik Willis. I've been saying it for a while. I didn't hate the Kenny Pickett pick because I understood where they were coming from from that standpoint. But I would have picked ceiling because you're competing with a whole bunch of freaks in the AFC. Right. All right. Here we go. Ugh. Here we go. Quick hitters. Are you ready? Wait, Are we ready to do this? Yeah. Here we go. Turkey dinner. Love it. Mashed potatoes. Love it. The pilgrims. A little overrated. The Native Americans. I mean... <laughs> what, what, what am I? <laughs> Cleveland Guardians. There we are. The word maize, M A I Z E. Makes me think of Michigan. Hmm. Speaking of, the Lions playing on Thanksgiving all the time. I'm out on it. Antiquated, right? Yes. Okay. It's tradition for tradition's sake. Turkey bull out in your yard. The best. Gravy. Need it. Cranberry sauce. From the can, sliced by me. Your favorite pie. Pumpkin. Whipped cream or not? Undoubtedly. What do you think of when I say Phil Luckett? I don't know who that is. The man who flipped the coin and had it wrong. Oh, Phil Luckett! (laughs) <laughs> can we have a conversation uh, let's break form real quick here go with oh it. i mean that's one of the great travesties <laughs> of pittsburgh steelers history 
That's it. And I, you've never seen a man more irate than Jerome Bettis or confused in that moment than Jerome was. And by the way, Jerome Bettis was fat even then. Oh, gosh. Yes, and he had just finished taking the whole team to his mom's house. And they, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. All right, here we go. Back on track. <laughs> Phil Luckett. Phil Luckett, yes. Patrick Mahomes. May be the best ever. Tua. May be the best right now. Matthew Wright. I mean, this guy. Kick the ball into the gosh darn end zone, you schlub. He made him up. Chris Boswell. I mean, stay healthy. You get paid, you get hurt. Last time you got paid, you sucked. Deontay Johnson's angst level. Not super high yet. Wait until Pickens routinely out is out-targeted by him. Or wait until Pickens routinely out-targets Deontay Johnson, and I think you're going to see a little angry Deontay. Breaking the bank for Fryermuth in a second contract. Yes. You know he's going to command a lot of money, right? Yes, and I think he'll deserve it. I think he's only going to get better. They need they need to use him more. I think Pickens is going to be the guy for Kenny Pickett. But Pat Fryermuth is a top five tight end, I think, in the league right now, statistically in a lot of categories. And I think he's barely scratching the surface. The Steelers' backup quarterback to start next season will be who? Mason Rudolph. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Josh Dobbs. Percentage, percentage of capacity for the rest of the home games. I didn't see what it was on Sunday. It was pretty good against the Saints. It looked decent on TV. I'll say whatever 55. 6,000 people is at a 68,000. That'll Ooh. be the average. Wow, that's not great. No good. No that's good, bad. Great. Super Bowl winner right now if you had to put your whole bank account on it. Chiefs. But if I had to go with the second team, because the Chiefs ain't I was going to ask, Super Bowl loser right now if you had to put your whole bank account on it. Cowboys. AFC champion uh, loser if you had to put your whole bank account on it. I'm starting to feel Miami, man. Don't, don't look at me like that. I love this stupid coach of theirs. Yeah, I think and he's Tua's, on people. I mean, I'm at, Kenny Pickett would not be having Tua's season right now. But that guy's routinely throwing open guys. The scheme is great. They got the fastest players on the field anytime they take the field. They're really fun to watch. They're like the Chiefs light, I think. The two coaches in this next backyard brawl will be who? Pat Narduzzi. Jimbo Fisher. Oh, who's this Munson? Who's Munson? I don't know. Munson, Monk, something Monk. I don't know. Is, is, what is it, like a coaching candidate? Yeah. Uh, what's the guy's name? Um, Todd Munkin. 
Yeah, Todd Munkin. Who's oh, that? is he the is he the Army coach? Yeah, I'm, I keep hearing him now. Really? Yeah, yeah. Is the that a revelation? Is that a revelation for you? Mine is blown. Yeah, Munkin. That's the name I heard today. Holy crap! Yeah, I don't know enough about him. I'm gonna do homework the second I turn this podcast off. Is though. that a guy, Munkin? That's a guy. I mean, he yeah. exists. He coaches yeah. Army. There you are. Well, you know, you'd think they're probably not as well behaved at West Virginia than they are at West Point, but no, but the rifle team in West Virginia really good. So some similarities there. There we go. A couple more. Ready? Here we are. Playing games in Mexico for the NFL. I could I could take it or leave it. If last one for you. If I told you you could pick one game abroad and you could go and you could sit on the 50 yard line and enjoy a week there. And you could pick the two teams to play in any locale. Where would it be and what teams? Steelers, Patriots, Dublin, Ireland. Let's I go. It. I knew you it. You knew it. I'm a simple man, Colin. Seems it. Yes. Todd Although Munkin. I, I yes. do want to go back to the, the previous question about Mexico City. Sure, sure. You wouldn't pick that place. Me either. I would not. If you play... All the international games need to be played at nine. It just extends the greatness that is an NFL Sunday. So if you play in Mexico City at nine, I'm happy with that. Just don't AM, play it in Mexico. Yeah, just don't play it at night. Like I don't, I don't need that. That adds nothing. But adding an extra window of a football game, an extra three hours where I don't have to think about my my life. <laughs> now I'm in. Yeah, every game should be in Europe and should be at nine a.m. Not nine a.m. their time. Nine a.m. my time because I'm greedy. Yes, Munkin, huh, Munkin. Yeah, that's what I. That's a guy, right? It's, I mean, he is a man, and he exists, and he coaches football. There we are. Because uh, I've heard Bill O'Brien, but maybe not. Auburn may be into him. I heard a little too rich for Matt Rule's blood. He could sit out and not necessarily have to coach and wait for a bigger job. And now I'm hearing this. You know Munkin. what? You know what? Huh? M- Munkin is no longer at Army. I need to make sure he was ever even at Army in the first place. Where he's is now he? the offense. He's the offensive coordinator at UGA. That's what that, that well, that's a pretty decent jump. Who am I thinking of at Army? It doesn't matter. People don't care. We started with soccer. We're ending with Maybe you're thinking of Monk. Maybe you're thinking of Monk, the um the sitcom character. The bad show that was on USA? Yes. Anyway, that's a good place to jump off. Cranberry sauce, all that stuff. Enjoy yeah. your holiday. I already have. We'll be back Uh, on the following Tuesday, probably, after the Steelers lose to Jeff Saturday. If they lose to Jeff Saturday on Monday night, it's going to feel like Black Saturday, Black Friday. How does that all work? You know what? Never mind. That's the podcast.